here in this holiday type uh, festive uh, environment. I'm excited. This is Dirty Mike. And I am the Big Ugly, and this is what, Memorial Day podcast? Yeah, it's a memorial. You know, happy Memorial Day weekend to everybody. We've had a lot of demand to get back on the podcast, so we're doing it. And a uh, lot has happened in uh, WWE. A lot has a lot happened. Going on in wrestling. I know we t- we had a, a EWA special podcast last time, but we uh, got a lot to talk about in the world of double double E. At member Vladimir Vako, a double yeah. double E. <laughs> um, so this is the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. Man, I'm excited. This is great. Um, Big Ugly, you know we talk about a couple of things, so let's um, make sure we can pay those gimmicks that call bills. Ah, yeah, I did it already. I'm not. We're not already? even sixty seconds in. <laughs> This is a free podcast, so if you're listening to this, thank you. This is free. Man, bl- bless you, Austin. Bless you. Okay, so you can reach us, as you know, at DirtyUglyWrestling at gmail.com. We've had a lot of incoming stuff coming to that, so thank you. SoundCloud. You know about SoundCloud, Big Ugly. Yes, yeah, SoundCloud is free. Uh, all you need to do, download the app, or you can listen to it from your computer. Free, 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 and you will be able to hear us, um, and I always talk about, you know, just listen to us when you're at work, when you're driving to work, when you're just chilling at the house, you're not doing anything, when you're cleaning, um, we're just shooting a BS about some wrestling stuff. That's right. Follow us on SoundCloud, make sure. Um, Also, we got the Facebook page, Dirty Ugly Wrestling. Um, We're on YouTube now, I believe you can find us. Yes, although... I still have been slacking on that. (laughs) But that's okay. We will be on YouTube. We Ah. will be. And because of our friend Jack Hash at the Baltimore Post-Examiner, also in the podcast world. What up, Jack? Yes, uh, we are going to um, be on a lot of different outlets. We're going to get an RSS feed, I believe. Yes. Um, We're going to be doing this in the near future so more people can hear us in more fashion and more ways. That is almost complete, actually. Almost complete. So I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited about that. Also, I wanted to shout out again, like we did last time, to uh, David Ace Livingston at uh, Wrestling in Maryland. You can find them on Facebook. Uh, there's a lot of good stuff going on in the world of professional wrestling. And also, uh, uh, my friend Bill, uh, William Menzicki. I'm sorry if I'm getting that name wrong. It's, it's a Polish name. I should know it. But uh, Big League Photography, that's what I want to put over. Um, you know, so make sure to go visit them on Facebook as well. A lot of good stuff happening in the world of pro wrestling because we're not right. We're not wrong. We're just fans. That's all we are. <laughs> <laughs> and from what I understand from our friends um, at, at one of the presses that's going to help us out, it's going to be a Dirty Ugly Wrestling t-shirt sometime in the near future. Yes. Merch. Yeah. The merchandise. That's how we're going to pay for this. Exactly. Yeah. So we are going to make money off this. <laughs> not not yeah. off of you listeners, but we're going to yeah. we're going to try to, you know, make some money and put it back into the show so we can get it up from you so guys. So production value goes up. Absolutely. Yeah. Let's go into uh the proud partner that we have. We know about it. EWA Pro Wrestling Big Ugly. I know you're a big fan. I am a fan and uh I was at Faith No More too. Uh my first time at an indie wrestling show and yeah. uh it was great. Uh so, yeah, and Summer Sizzler's coming up next. Summer so I'm Sizzler. I'm excited about that. Yeah, I got some information about that. Uh, Summer Sizzler is going to be Friday night now, Friday, July 29th, 8 p.m., Tall Cedars Hall in Parkville, Maryland. Tickets are on sale right now at EWAMaryland.com. And Big Ugly, I want to tell you about something else. Um, the free practice sessions. We talked about this a little bit. EWA does free practice sessions. So they have a tryout at 6.30 p.m., and then at 8 p.m., there's a free practice session where the new up-and-coming EWA ringside roster members can actually show what they're doing against other ringside roster members and also against the veterans of uh, EWA in a free practice tryout. Now, that's free. That's another free. You like the word free? I love it. Free 99. That's free, free 99. There's no 99 involved. This is free. So that, uh, just to let you know, is on Friday, June 17th uh, on North Point Road in Dundalk, Maryland at the Pain Factory Training Facility. And that is the EWA Pro Wrestling Training Facility. And also about the Pain Factory, you can have free tryouts there to be the next wrestler, manager, referee, valet, everything professional wrestling. Come down and try out. Um, and we also have birthday parties there. I know my birthday is coming up in a couple weeks. Uh, I'm going to be blah, 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 uh, blah, blah, blah. I don't know. I'm not going to tell you how old I'm going to be. But um, uh, that's going to be the free practice session on Friday, June 17th at 8 p.m. And a free public tryout at 6.30 p.m. More information on Facebook at EWA Pro Wrestling. There are two event pages, Ugly. Uh, there's one for the free practice session and there's one for Summer Sizzler. Go to the event pages on Facebook. Join them. Comment on them, share them, like them, get the word out there because EWA is going to be the hottest thing 
coming up this summer. Uh, summer Sizzler. I cannot wait for that on Friday, July 29th. Uh, I also want to talk about EWA Pro Wrestling, um, EWA Ringside, both of them on Facebook. We're on Twitter at EWA Maryland, Instagram at EWA Maryland. We're partnered with CZW Studios. There's a lot going on here, Big Ugly. Um, and also, uh, you know, just make sure you follow everything at EWAMaryland.com. So, we got a big show here. <laughs> well, sorry. That's, <laughs> sorry. We got a big show here today, Big Ugly. You want to tell us a little bit about what we're going to be talking about? Yes. So, uh, coming up on this podcast, we're going to be doing an Extreme Rules review. Uh, better late than never. Absolutely. <laughs> hey, not too late, though. Right. Exactly. So, uh, we're going to be talking about Seth Rollins. Seth. Is that Effing Rollins. Rollins I, yeah. I'm not cussing the PG. Right. And premiere back in Baltimore. Yes, right he did. The next night. Yep. Right here in Baltimore, Maryland. Yeah. So, uh, Money in the Bank. We're going to be talking about that next upcoming uh, pay per view. Mm-hmm. We also got some more releases uh, with Cody Rhodes, Eaton Styles, and Adam Rose. Yeah, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about that a little bit. Talk about NXT TakeOver coming up here shortly. Big show. And. Uh, last but not least, the big announcement that they made, the Raw and SmackDown brand split. Wow. Pretty huge. Coming in July. And uh, I'm actually kind of excited about this. So. I'm very excited. I, I, can't, I can't wait, wait to, to talk. start talking yeah. about that. <laughs> Again, that could be a whole podcast yeah. in itself. Yes. But, um, yeah, we're going to be talking about all that and more. So uh, stick with us. We appreciate it. This is the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. And we're going to be right back, Big Ugly. Right back. We are a go, we are back, we are here, I'm singing, I'm sorry, this is terrible. I am Dirty Mike. And I am the Big Ugly, and it's time to get into some Extreme Rules talk. WWE. Extreme Rules. There's a lot going on ever since uh, WrestleMania. I know I was there physically, and I told you about that, but uh, they really have shaken things up, haven't they? Yeah, they really have. I'm actually uh, enjoying the product right now. For a minute, I kind of fallen off, but it's it's picking up, man. Absolutely. I'm excited about it. I'm enjoying it. Um, (laughs) I'm fast-forwarding a lot less through my DVR, um, and I'm actually trying to watch things as they first come out, so... That's a good thing. So let's get right into it. Let's do it. So uh, starting off, Big Cass uh, comes out, confronts the Dudley boys. That's right. Um, Of course, Enzo was not back as of yet. However, the next night in Baltimore, right here. Yeah. But, and you know what? I missed that return because I, I wasn't able to watch Raw the full three hours. So I had to go back and watch it on Hulu. Okay. And Hulu did not show Enzo and Big Cats. Really? Yeah. They did not show. And I was so pissed off because I felt like that's a big deal. How do you leave that out? Uh, I don't know exactly what they do when they cut up Raw into the 90 minutes, how they decide what's going to make it and what's not, but that was a big deal, yeah. so I, I was pretty upset. I, I was really excited to see him come back, yeah. very happy to see him running out on that stage, um, running off the stage, running around, Just it was it was great. Right. So, Hulu, get your stuff together. Yes. Um, but I think that could be a good tag team uh, feud down the line. So, uh, you know, Enzo and Cass going against the Dudley boys. Yeah. They, so, t- they teased it the night after WrestleMania. So I think that could be good. Right. I'm, I'm just glad that WWE has kept Big Cass kind of strong since Enzo went out. They really a lot have. of times when a tag team partner gets injured, like if you take the Usos, for example, they kind of just took the one brother off. Right. And he did commentating for a while. True. You know, he didn't really wrestle in singles. But with Big Cass, they've been making sure that they keep – Plugging them in. So, I, I'm glad with the booking decision that they made with him. I agree. And he's been doing a good job. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. he's been earning his yeah. spot. So, let's keep he, that he's going. He's not much of a Mike guy, though. I will say, Enzo, I'm, I'm glad Enzo's back. Cass is learning. I think he's getting better. But... He's not the lead man on the mic. Not at all. He's the guy. He's the secondary. It's not that he's bad, yeah. but he can't carry the whole promo all the time right. by himself. That's why Enzo being so good on the mic, that's why they're such a right. good combination. Exactly. Yeah. So, I agree. No problem whatsoever. So let's get into the kickoff show. All right. Um, Baron Corbin against Dolph Ziggler. Baron Corbin picking up the victory here. Um, Tell me again how you feel about Baron Corbin. Um, I'm not that. I'm not sold on Baron Corbin. Not yet. Not yet, man. I'm still not sold. I'm waiting for you to get sold. Yeah, I I haven't been that impressed with the things he does in the ring. To me, he's just he's just another big guy. I, I don't know. There's just not much to him that I think stands out for me to be like, oh, man, I can really get behind this guy. Um, I'm hoping that this is the end of the Ziggler-Corbin feud because I, 
I don't really understand it. I don't yeah. see where it's been going. Um, I think it's over. I think that's. I think they're done with that. I think they're yeah. going to send them both off in different directions. And, and unfortunately, I think there was a time when having a feud with Ziggler, I think, uh, put a lot of steam on things and kind of like made it feel like, oh man, this is going to be great. Right. But Ziggler's just been booked so horribly these past like this past like year and a half or so that. I mean, having a feud with him, it's almost just like, you know he's just going to job to somebody. It's... And that's a shame, too, because he's uh, full of talent, full yeah. of charisma. Yeah. Um, he's a company guy. Yeah. So, uh, again, I'm hoping they do something better with Dolph Ziggler. Right. It's like up. they, they want to bill him as, you know, the Shawn Michaels of this era, but the truth is Shawn Michaels wasn't a loser. And, and I'm not no. calling Ziggler a loser, hey, but now. just the fact that I like he Ziggler. He will super kick yeah. you in the face. <laughs> I like Ziggler, but he's a loser in the sense that, like, his win-loss ratio I, I feel, is a little skewed. You yeah, know what I mean? I so, feel exactly what you're yeah. saying. And I hope they put a little bit more character behind Baron Corbin. I hope they put the machine behind him because I think he's got a lot of potential. So, uh, I understand he's a little dry right now, but um, things can happen. Right. Well, the other question is, are they uh, when Baron Corbin came up, was it time for him to come up or was it kind of like, hey, we have a lot of injuries and we need somebody to fill this spot? And so, were they really prepared, I guess, is my question for him. Um, coming up because it, it doesn't really seem like they had a real uh, a real initiative for him. You know what I mean? Like I've seen other people come up and they like put them in top storylines. You know, yeah, off the jump. But for him, it was like he won he won the Andre Giant Battle Royal, and which then, is great for shock value. Exactly, it's great. And then he goes into a feud with Dolph Ziggler, and right. Dolph Ziggler isn't really the hottest person right now. And it kind of came out of nowhere. It's like, well, what's your beef with Ziggler? <laughs> Right. So, you know, I, I don't know. Like, to your to your point, yeah. to your question, was he ready to come up? I think so. I think he was in NXT for about three years or so. Yeah. Um, and I think, fundamentally, he was ready to come up. Um, he's a big guy. We know Vince likes his big guys. Um, so, I think we needed him somewhere, but I think the way he's being booked and the way his character's coming across right now can be done a little better. So, I think he was ready, but I think uh, he's got to get some steam underneath of him. Agreed. So, so. uh not too bad, not too bad of a match. Decent match, uh, as we said, Baron Corbin going over. Let's jump into the beef of the show. All right. Um, so we've got the club. We've got uh, Gallows, Anderson, tag team matchup against the Usos, which we were just yeah. talking about. And the club victorious in this match. Thank God. Let me tell you something. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like these guys, right? The club. I, yeah, I really like the club, Okay. Right? Um, don't really didn't really know much about the history in, in New Japan. As you guys know, I'm I'm I don't even know. Do you call me like a, a fake wrestling fan or something? Come no, on. no, no. Because okay. wrestling's not fake, right? Well, I mean, because I I'm that's just a whole a, another I'm a podcast WWE in guy. Itself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, like you said, you yeah. grew up on WWE. You're right. a WWE guy. So these guys come in. I think they're great. Um, I think they're great for AJ Styles. But I mean, they've been pretty much getting their butts handed to them weekly by Roman Reigns. You know, after these guys come in, it's like you think. Or you want to build them as strong, but yet they're coming in and every week, you know, Roman Reigns is the powerhouse taking them out. So I felt like they needed this win. I felt like it was must deserve, much needed. Absolutely. And uh, it was a great match. I say it was a good, solid tag team match, yes, yeah. which we don't see very were, often on the main yeah, roster. And they look, yeah, and they look vicious. I think that, yeah, yeah they made the, you know, the club like took advantage of the Usos. I like that. And, and I'm glad they went over. To, they made them look vicious during the match. Um, Usos really took a beating, so you got to give your hats off to them. Um, but I, we need the club to be vicious. We need that. They need to be strong fundamentally tag team-wise, and they're big guys, they're fast, they're agile, and they need to be vicious. Um, as far as their win-loss record, the only time that they have been uh, down at all is if they were in these six-man, eight-man tag team match, elimination style, um, and, you know, they – you know they got beat up by several different people, right? But you put them on a you know a separate tag team situation. I think, and we're going to get to this later on when we talk about this big brand extension. I think they're going to be huge players. Absolutely. Is that gear, the gear that they wear? Is that what they wore in New Japan? Similar. Okay. Very similar. Right. Uh, you know WWE put a little couple tweaks on it, like right. they can for TV and things like that, but yeah. very similar. Okay. So great match, great way to start off uh, the club victorious. Over the Usos. Now let's talk about the U.S. Championship match. I was pretty happy with this one. Um, Rusev with Lana challenging the U.S. champ Kalisto. Uh, tell me how you felt about this match. Um, I felt like, that, man, this was the kind of match that I actually... It's like, this is the match I wanted to see with... Uh, what's the big guy's name? Ryback? Ryback, The yeah. big guy, yeah. yeah. Yeah, the big guy. Yeah, so with Ryback, it, it, was, it, was, such, it was like that... 
you know, Rusev does such a great job at being that big, huge brute guy, you know, that can just go physical style. And then you combine that with, like, Kalisto trying to, like, pull one over with his high-flying stuff. And, you know, I, I just like the way this match played out a lot more than I've liked the uh, battles with him and Ryback. Um, and I'm glad that Rusev is back to just dominating people. Like, he was yes. just... He they took that away from brutal. him for a while yes, when they yeah. put him in with the uh, the the League of Nations yeah. and all that. They took away his viciousness, yeah. and it looks like they're going back right. to that. He's got to be. It worked. Yeah, he's got to be ruthless. He's got to be the Bulgarian brute. I liked it. I like. Uh, I actually thought for a moment that Kalisto was really injured when he uh, put the slam on him on the side of the ring, and then it looked like his back was hurting. And then he went and got him, and he put him in the. Uh, Oh man, what's his what's his finish called? Uh, the oh man, I know what he it's yeah, like sitting it's the, on him. Uh, the yeah. accolade, the, the accolade. accolade, yeah. He put him in the accolade and he's like twisting him back, and I'm like, oh my oh, god! I mean, he yeah. ripped him like yeah. in half. It was beautiful. Now, of course, it, Kalisto man. can bend that way. Right. Kalisto is extremely flexible, extremely um, flexible, but, extremely but, athletic. Yeah, yeah, I'm really glad Rusev has the uh, the power now, the back with the uh, character. I'm really glad that. Um, that match went the way it was, the big guy versus the little guy and the heart of the little guy, and I think that was really well done. Six to seven minutes, maybe even eight. Yeah. Um, oh, check this out. Uh, I don't mean to interrupt here, uh, Big Ugly, but it looks yeah. like we've got some uh, incoming mail coming on the DirtyUglyWrestling at gmail.com. Okay. Uh, should we take, uh, take an incoming mail? Yeah, go ahead. Take it. Let's do it. Um, let's see. I just need to jump in here. Hang on one second. Gonna take this. I'm, uh, this is this is new for us, uh, you know, big ugly. Uh, it's very exciting. People, Finally, people, people are wanting to email us. That's know? right. Well, people have been emailing us, but I don't think I it's mean, happened during a show, live yeah. show. That's yeah. what I mean. During the show. Yeah. So it, it's it's awful. fantastic. We we appreciate the Dirty Ugly Wrestling uh, podcast Keep emailing. listeners emailing a uh, comment on our Facebook page. Uh, do all that. All right. I think I got this figured out. So let's check this out. All right, we got the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast. We have uh, an incoming uh, email via the Gmail account. Who we got with us this morning? You know what makes me sick? The fact that you two and the whole EWA country have the audacity to call me a coward. Oh, big ugly. I'm the coward. I didn't oh, see you, boy. Dirty Mike, slide in and try to help poor defenses Ray. Um, of course, we would have murdered you if we tried, this? but we, hey, at least the next day you could have held your head up a, and uh, say... You tried. As far as the EWA country, none of them, not one single person left their seat to help Ray. They sat there because they knew their place was behind that barricade. And if they would have even tried to have come in, they would have pulled through every single one of them. Man, are you kidding me? And I'm the coward. And the supremacy is a bunch of thugs. (laughs) See, no one had the same attitude when the DOD was running rampant, kidnapping women, drugging them, destroying everyone in their plans with zero repercussions. And we're the thugs? That's the problem with EWA, and that's why it's going to burn to the ground when we are finished, along with everyone in it. You can believe me on that. See, this war was started because of Jim Christian, you and all of the EWA country. You created the supremacy. It's all on your heads. All of you did it, and you have only yourselves to blame when we strike that final match and watch this place burn to ashes. Supremacy has risen on your knees. I'm going to turn this thing off. Just reset the... God, what the... Uh, um, so, what, what was that? Uh, what was that, Mike? You know, we we know that he was on our podcast before. Um, well, one thing's for sure. We're not taking any more emails. Uh, no, us. especially yeah. when we're not sure. I, I, I didn't yeah, yeah. see an address or a number yeah. or anything like that. Um, you know, we'll, we'll have ways to, to get into us securely. Um, if you want to talk to us on the podcast. Um, TJ, man... I love EWA. I really do. I mean, we had a whole podcast about EWA and uh, TJ. TJ. You know what? I'm tired of this. Yeah. I can't Um, stand the guy. You know, you better better check out... uh, uh, as we, you mentioned this before, how how is he with uh, supremacy going to get back into the buildings of uh, EWA? Like for free practice yeah. session in June, Summer Sizzler in July. I I want to be one of the guys barricading that. You know what? I think we need to take a little break right here. Um, we need to get back to yeah. doing what we came right. here to do right. for the fans here yeah. today. We did not come here to talk about 
TJ. Not not specifically, but uh, you know, TJ Sykes, you 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 made a point, and now we're gonna make a point too in the EWA. But uh, I tell you what, we're gonna come back, we're gonna collect ourselves, and we're gonna continue talking about extreme rules, and we're gonna try to fix this computer situation. Big Ugly, I'm sorry. Uh, you know, I, I didn't even realize you could get an incoming call. It looked like an email um, through the Gmail account, but apparently they didn't have a name or a number on it. And uh, apparently it was TJ Sykes um, from EWA. So I, I'm a little uh, frustrated. So no more calls today? <laughs> no, not today. Not today. We, we do want yeah. you to comment on the Facebook page. We do want you to send us emails. Um, we're going to figure out a better way to do this live so we're not interrupted like that. Yeah. Um, and we apologize to the Dirty Ugly Wrestling. wrestling. Um, see, I'm still frustrated. Listen to that. We we. Apologize to the Dirty Ugly Wrestling Podcast listeners because we were talking about WWE Extreme Rules. Let's get back to that. Let's get back to it. Um, just to, I, I believe what we were talking about was Rusev winning the U.S. title. Yes. Um, okay, so that's good. Uh, Rusev winning the U.S. title over Kalisto. As we said, great match. Great story told. Glad Rusev's getting his uh, character back. So uh, congratulations to Rusev. And Kalisto put on a heck of a match too. So yeah. good stuff. Let's, uh, let's move on, shall we? Let's do it. Uh, let's talk about the Tag Team Championships. Uh, I'm right. sorry, the WWE World Tag Team Championships. Oh, man. You're wearing the Bootios t-shirt yeah, today. Yeah, I do, because they make sure I ain't booty. <laughs> I like that. I need to get me one of them. As, as I said, my birthday's coming up soon, so uh, hook, hook Dirty Mike up with a booty Bootios uh, t-shirt. Double X, yeah. please. <laughs> um, so it was the New Day. Defending and retaining yeah. those tag team championships, and I just gotta say, I think everybody loves this. But Big E comes out with the two hoes, <laughs> <laughs> and it's like I knew he had to say something. But it's like, man, there's gonna be some reason he's holding those there. So uh-huh. he said, "We're in the Garden State, so we're gonna put two hoes in the ground." <laughs> Dude, I jumped out of my seat laughing, man. That was awesome. Those guys are just so funny yeah. and creative on their own that uh, they're, they're they're getting more leeway than anybody else. Uh, I'm sure they got the creative machine behind them, but they're, they're, they're doing like, their yeah. thing. They're like the the Rock. You know how when the Rock comes back, they just let him just do whatever yeah. he wants. It's like that's that's those guys. And an your... initial DX when they just kind of went yeah. out and didn't said anything yeah. and it didn't matter. Right. Yep. Um, I love it. I know you loved it too. Definitely. And uh, let's talk about my boys, the Vaud Villains. All right. I, I know you're not a fan, but. They put on a great, solid tag team match, didn't they? It was a solid, it was a very, it was definitely a solid match. I was shocked to see Xavier Woods uh, wrestling instead of Kofi. Yeah. That that shocked me. Normally it's Kofi and Big E. Generally when it's a pay-per-view, it's uh, Big E, Kofi, and Woods is kind of the mascot. So that was a good change. Well, um, it, it was good. I like that they're changing it up because just like the Freebirds, you know, use any two of the f- three. Yeah. It's great. It's It, it was good. It was How do good. you feel Xavier did? I think Xavier did good. I think he's an underestimated um, talent, like in the ring. When he's in the ring, he actually does a great job. Um, but because we don't see him wrestle as much, it's easy to forget that he has the talent that he does have. You yeah. know what I mean? But definitely. So was this a shot for him or was Kofi injured or what do you think? I just think I just think they just wanted to change it up. I just think they wanted to change up the dynamic just for a, you know, pay per view, just do something different. And you know what? I can also tell you that Big E and Xavier Woods both worked with the Vaude Villains down in NXT. So I can see the chemistry being there. Right. Kofi right. being up top. You know, right. I'm sure Kofi can get along with anybody in the ring, that's great, right. but they all four of those guys were yeah. NXT guys. The finish kinda confused me a bit just because they still went for the heel finish with Kofi like interfering in the match. And at this point, it's like the New Day are faces. So it's kind of weird that they didn't just let, that they didn't go over clean. They... I think it was a good mix. I understand exactly what you're saying because I noticed this too. I think it's a good mix of the baby face doing the heel stuff, but it doesn't actually make them heel. Do you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. It was not so dastardly and underhanded that, you know, people are going to boom when they left the building. Matter of fact, crowd popped for it. So, um... 
and you know the vaude villains doing all this old school heel stuff recently I, I think it was a good move i understand how it is a little confusing but i think they can get away with that because yeah. so, you know they're kind of tweening yeah. in that in that spot. So I think that the vaude villains, because I feel like the crowd pop because everyone hates the vaude villains. Um, I don't. And <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry. And it's not because of hell. It's just because they're they're just horrible. So, but here's the thing about Big the vaude villains. Come on now. <laughs> here's the thing about the vaude villains. I think that their in ring work will be their saving grace. True. Because uh, it won't be their characters, but their in ring work I think will do it for them. If they keep putting on matches like they had with the New Day. I think they're going to get over in that hill form. You know what I'm saying? Well, people will boo them, and they will get that reaction that they're looking for. Because still right now, I don't think they're getting that much of a reaction. But hopefully, it will It will. Pick and up they're them. still new. So, I mean, yeah. they'll, they'll, they'll pick up steam. But, again, great match. Loved watching it. Very entertaining. Um, so, uh, congratulations to the New Day villains. I think they're still going to be around somewhere, Big Ugly. I'm sorry. Um, so Hey, they're doing better than... Uh, than uh, the the Ascension, who were, yeah. who were let me because even when the Vaude Villains left NXT, they weren't the hottest tag team. No, and the Ascension was the hottest tag team of NXT, and they came up here and they were off TV in like two weeks. Hey, so. Victor is facing Zack Ryder this week on Superstars on the WWE <laughs> Network. Oh, so that that it could be a main event oh, anywhere God. in the country. So. <laughs> Yeah, I, you're, but that proves the point. Yeah. That's exactly what's happened. But, you know, like I said, we talked about this before. There's spaces for everybody on the roster. There's different places, different times, different stories that need to be told. So we will see. New day, congratulations. Now, let's talk about the match of the night. Could be match of the year candidate, in my opinion. The fatal four-way for the Intercontinental Championship. Miz defending against Cesaro, defending against Kevin Owens, and also defending against Sami Zayn. Yeah. Uh, talk to me, ugly. Undeniably match of the night. Uh, from the gate, I mean, from the gate, when Sami Zayn runs across the ring and just kicks Kevin Owens in the face, and he just goes out of the ring. And everybody's just kind of standing in the ring like, you know, Cesaro and Miz are like, what the hell just happened? You know what I mean? Absolutely. So, I mean, from the gate, that match just starts out great, and it just improves from there. It just gets better. Oh, man, I tell you. And, and four-way, three-way, four-way matches, both of them are very hard to put on sometimes. Um, but these guys, you know, had the perfect amount of one-on-one time with each other, and they mixed that up. They also had um, the one-on-ones with the interference with the third guy, and they also had a good staple here and there of all four guys at the same time. And everything was clean, crisp. Um, the story that was told was phenomenal. Uh, you know, just building and building and building and having those high-impact type moves at the end. And then, in true Miz fashion, everybody else does all the work. The stories are elsewhere. Sami Zayn uh, goes after Kevin Owens instead of goes after the title. Cesaro's been knocked out with everybody's finisher. The Miz just crawls in almost unconscious and steals the one, two, three. Um, loved it. I love it. And, you know, I think that putting Miz in these matches is great because I think people, I think we kind of forgotten how good of a worker, maybe not, and Miz isn't the best in-ring worker that we've seen, obviously, on a roster, but he's pretty good as a talent. He's he's solid, yeah. Overall, he is a solid talent, and I think having him in these high-profile matches for the Intercontinental Championship where everybody's trying to get his belt, I think is great. It's really putting a spotlight on him and, and showing his talent again. Agreed. So a great use of him because for a while they just kept using him for Miss TV. Right. He wasn't wrestling, but now we're actually getting him back into storylines. So I think it's working. And having Maurice there is a nice factor as well. Yeah. Um. So she adds a good dynamic to the Miz, and I think uh, it was a great match. Like you said, it was great to see the Miz uh, getting back into it, full swing of thing. Man, speaking of swing, Cesaro swung him like twenty times. Yeah. For- <laughs> <laughs> Um, but that was a great, great match. We could talk about that one all day long, but we're gonna we're gonna keep going. But uh, definitely an awesome match. Miz yeah. retaining the Intercontinental, and uh, as we move along, the Intercontinental picture I'm so, sure will be hot. Yeah. So we're going to uh, Dean Ambrose versus uh, Chris Jericho in an Asylum match. First ever. The first asylum ever match. Asylum match. Uh, worst match of the night. I don't want to say it was the worst. I mean, it's a pretty good card overall, and this match had its good points. Let's right. let's still talk about that. All right, so I was projecting my feelings on you. So <laughs> I, I understand yeah. that. I'm saying so, it as in the scheme of the rest of the yeah. matches that happened, it was you know probably the one I would want to watch last. Okay. Not not main event, yeah. but you know last. Um, Worst match of the night. Man. <laughs> That's well, what Mike is saying. <laughs> I, let me tell you the good points that I feel. Uh, first of all, 
um, the thumbtacks. No, now that was a nice hidden spot. Um, didn't nobody know that was up in that bucket up there. You kind of figured something was going to happen, but you didn't know exactly what. Secondly, when the thumbtacks did come out, Jericho taking that bump, being that he's the guy in the rock band Fozzie, he's the guy that's in and out, you know, and, and Dean Ambrose was the guy in CZW all those years, you know, took all that beating. Um, him taking that bump was very, I got to give it to him for that. Hey, I, yeah, I have to applaud Jericho. You know, I, I kind of give this match a lot of flack, but I, I mean, I will applaud Jericho for taking that bump because being a veteran that he is and who he is, he doesn't have to do Not that. at all. Not no. at all. So that just goes to show that he's still very much committed to putting on great shows, you right. know, when he's in the ring. So you you got to hand it to him. I just personally felt like um, the match was slow. I, I was going to say I, the I exact felt, same thing. You know, for such a – and was this was this match directly after the four-way? Mm, yeah. I, I can't remember. So. Okay. Yes. yes, So it was. it was like for such a high-intense match, it's like you move to this asylum match, and it's like it's got all of these – gimmicks in there with it and it's like you know all right so this is going to be great but i don't know maybe this match doesn't work in this era of wwe with how censored everything is because all right you take the barbed wire back that's probably the most the 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 most lethal weapon or you know vicious right. weapon that you have right you take that at one point jericho has it he gets hit he just drops it nobody goes back to it to try and grab it and then later on i think he actually does use it against ambrose but he kind of just like Hits him in the stomach with the... Hits him in the stomach, the hits him in the back. End, yeah, of the back. Not the actual Bob Warrior part. So what we're used to is like the overhand hit and then the one you're yeah. scraping it across the other guy's right. head exactly. in the Mick Foley era, yeah. things like that. I don't think we're going to see that kind of stuff. We're not going to see it. And, and for that reason, it's like, man, maybe we should just stay away from those kind of weapons because it's like you're... You're, 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 it's almost like false advertisement. It's like you're putting these weapons up there that's just like, yeah, they're not going to use them in any way that would actually hurt an opponent. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I, I, know, I know we don't want to take too long talking about this, yeah. but I want to say the asylum idea because getting the vehicle behind Dean Ambrose and how crazy he is um, and, and the idea of having things like a straight jacket and weird things like a mop and a plant and things like that, I don't think it was meant to be overly extreme, like attitude era extreme. I think it was meant to just be a gimmick. And I know the Vince Russo days of having all these gimmicks like Judy Bagwell on a pole match and all this other stuff. Um, it was kind of borderlining on that for me. So the story, it, I, as much action as they had um, in the ring, and, and I think the gimmicks overshadowed it. Um, and I think it was slow. You know, It was a slow match. Yeah. A, and for a cage match and two guys that legitimately hate each other for whatever reason, um, whether you stole the guy's plant named Mitch and broke it over his back, I don't know, whatever. I, first of all, I love that storyline. But, um, yeah, it was slow. Uh, uh, but both guys did a good job, you know, especially working their working their uh, butts off. Um, but as far as fluidity, you know, the rest of the matches, you know, had a, a great solid story, fluid. This was just kind of the come down match, right? So, good job. They did. They did a good job. But uh, yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. Um, let's move on. Charlotte uh, defending the women's championship against Natty. Um, Ric Flair banned from ringside. Now, I will say that uh, Ric Flair's music hit. Somebody backed out in a robe. We all knew it didn't. It wasn't Ric Flair, yeah, first of all, because it, it had Flair. long, fl uh, flowing yeah. blonde hair. Ric Flair hadn't had that in years. Um, but it was Dana Brooke. Um, Dana Brooke helping out uh, the Flair family there. So, Charlotte wins via submission, figure eight. Um, talk to me about this match, Ugly. Um, I felt like the match was going pretty well. We know that Charlotte and Natalia have great chemistry together. So yes. I felt like overall the in-ring work was going great. I just didn't like the finish. I didn't like uh, Dana Brooke coming down and uh, disrupting the match. I mean, it it was predictable. You know what I mean? It was like as soon as you found out Flair was banned from ringside, it's almost like, well, you know Charlotte's got to win some other kind of way. Like something's got to happen right. to get somebody down there. And so – they go with Dana Brooke. I'm guessing they're putting her with uh, Charlotte now because Emma is injured and she and needs to be with somebody coming up from NXT. Like true. the whole plan was for her to be with Emma. Um, and I mean, I mean, what can I say? I mean, I, I don't think anyone actually expected Natalia to win the belt. No. So, um, but I would have liked the suspension of disbelief. I would have liked those two to go bell to bell without the interference. But Barring the interference from ringside, you know something had to happen. So, But I like the heel factor because the heel is doing anything they can to keep the belt. Right. So I like that factor. Um, and also the next night on Raw, uh, right here in Baltimore, Maryland, um, 
Charlotte basically in the one of the worst promos I've ever seen. Um, she basically made her father cry, kicked her father to the curb. Ric Flair is no longer with uh, Charlotte. Um, it was very uncomfortable, very weird promo. You, normally, especially in Baltimore, which is a Flair country, um, Flair's running the promo. Flair did not really do anything here, and Charlotte took the reins, but the crowd, this was at the second hour of Raw, the crowd was kind of weird into it in the first place, and adding Dana Brooke into the mix, and Charlotte just basically it took way too long, it felt way too scripted, it was not a good idea. Yeah, it wasn't a good idea, uh, but I will say this, Flair isn't what he used to be on the microphone, so no. I think that that's probably the reason... I mean, as you notice, they don't really give him much mic time, period. Uh, yeah. Like, yeah, he, I don't, I, just because, I mean, I don't know, man. Flair's kind of, it's kind of weird. I mean, you heard about the airport accident and <laughs> yeah. stuff? Like, it's like, you don't know what you're going to get from Ric Flair sometimes. Yeah, it's true. It's like, yeah, so. <clears throat> but they had to get him off of TV. They had to get him away from Charlotte so Charlotte can do her own thing. Yeah, I, I personally, I do like that decision. Uh, whether the promo worked out or not, you know, is another question. But I do like uh, Flair, uh, you know, moving on from Charlotte and, and Charlotte I, I, can talk. Let's just put this out here. Charlotte can talk on her own. Yes. She can talk. So even even though that promo was bad, I will say that I can see that her comfort level with delivering promos is getting better. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. she looked like she was into it, even if the promo itself was bad and scripted. And know? that's writing. That's creative. Right. That was exactly. a bad decision. But, yeah, yeah, she does look comfortable in the ring. She looks comfortable in the ring. She looks comfortable in the mic when they tell her she's got to give these on promos. So, it, it, it's good. Because I felt like when she first came up and, like, anybody, she was a little bit nervous. And, yeah. I mean, who wouldn't be intimidated? Of course. Like, you know, it's not NXT anymore where you're familiar. So, um, but all in all, I felt like the match was good. Didn't particularly care for the ending. Yeah. But, um, Charlotte retains, and it's it's kind of what should have happened. It should have happened, and it was a great match. I want to say yeah. all the submissions back and forth. It reminded me of the old uh, Greg the Hammer Valentine versus Rugged Ronnie Garvin. Um, you had the uh, the figure four leg leg lock. You had he had a, a brace on his leg, and then you uh, Ronnie Garvin had a brace on his leg called the Hammer Jammer. I mean, it things like that because there were so many submission moves in this match, yeah. which I loved. If it's right. a submission match, I know they're going for the figure eight versus the sharpshooter. Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, Cesaro is using the sharpshooter, and they're calling it the sharpshooter. So I think now that they're moving Natalia off of TV, she's had her time. Cesaro can now use that a little bit more. So that was a little just little yeah. sidebar. And I think Cesaro's just doing that as, one, again, still paying homage to Tyson Kidd. Oh, sure. Might not be coming back. Because, you know, he used to wear the uh, armband. He sure did. But, you know, he's kind of taking that off, which I get, because he's kind of moved into a new gimmick himself. Yeah. And so, you know. Love now the James Bond thing. Yeah. Love it's cool. So and um and now uh you know he's doing a sharpshooter. So I just think it's cool that he's still you know it's cool. Tyson out there. So. A- absolutely. So a lot of sidebars. Great match. Um, interesting ending. But let's talk about the main event. Main Big event. ugly. All right. So we had Roman Reigns defending the WWE World Heavyweight Championship, uh, in an Extreme Rules match against the phenomenal AJ Styles. So let's just preface this by Roman Reigns came out on top. Uh, he won, and then shortly after he won, out of nowhere, and great camera work by the great uh, the camera people of WWE, Seth Effin Rollins came in, pedigree, picked up the belt, Seth Rollins back. Huge pop. Seth Rollins is a heel. He's always going to be a heel, but you're going to love to hate him and love to cheer him. I love Seth Rollins, but let's talk about the match. All right, um, so tell me about the match, Big Ugly. Getting into the match, let's just, let's just preface this by saying, Roman Reigns, like we talked about earlier before we started recording, is a great worker. You can hate him on the microphone, you can hate him as a character, but you cannot say that man can't wrestle. Uh, absolutely. You can't say he can't wrestle. You can chant it all you want right. all night long. The fans it doesn't will, make but it he true. can work right. his ass off. It doesn't Pardon make it true. So, AJ Styles, we already know. I, I just need to say no more. AJ Styles, Roman Reigns, they put on a fantastic match. They certainly man. did. And for AJ Styles to be as old as he is, you know, and still working, the style that he works is just magnificent. You know, I love that. I love when Roman, like, grabs him, he swings him around, hits the barricade. Oh, yeah. And then power bombs him on the table. It it looks so Throwing vicious. power yeah, bomb through a, the a table. Throwing power bomb. And it made Reigns look like a million bucks because he just looked so strong when he did it. So, yeah. Yes. Made uh, AJ has basically elevated Roman's game in the last two big pay-per-view matches that they've Absolutely. had. Absolutely. Um, fantastic match. Yeah. So, Loved it. Yeah, so... Um, and I, we did have the interference, of yeah. course, because it's Extreme Rules. We expected that. Um, I, once again, there's another one where I didn't like the finish. AJ AJ comes off, comes off goes for his uh, phenomenal forearm and gets speared, and then that's, that's the end. And it kind of just seemed like 
I don't know, Roman had already like kicked out of some things, mm-hmm. and then you know AJ just kind of gets hit with that spear, and it's like, oh, it's over. It, it just felt anticlimactic to me. I don't know. It's just well, both like, of oh, them kind of kicked out of each other's finishers and mid-match maneuvers a couple yeah. of times, and then there was the interference that was involved. So um, this, along with a couple of other matches during the night, including the Intercontinental, um, there was a lot of, uh, I would say, good false finishes. Right. Um, so I kind of saw it coming when he got outside. He took way too long to set up that phenomenal forearm. And I was kind of thinking, oh, he's going to get speared out of the air. Now, of course, AJ takes it like a million bucks. Yeah. Um, but having Roman getting beat down, beat down, beat down, especially with AJ Styles with that chair. Did you see him swinging the sh- out of yeah, that thing? he was. Yeah. Oh, my he was goodness. The, he was giving it to Roman. I so like I got to say, it's kind of like the era of The Rock where The Rock was indestructible. You couldn't pin him. You couldn't beat him. Eventually, somebody's going to put him down and beat him, and it's going to mean something now, especially after these two matches. So um, i got to say, Roman took a lot of punishment, and he just kind of instinctively speared AJ out of nowhere and just kind of fell on top of him. Didn't really even hook a leg, didn't hook anything, just fell on top of him. And it was such a quick shot kind of move that it was believable that it could put AJ down for a three. So, again, the finish was – you can't do too much with it. I mean, you had a lot going on in the match as it was. But, again, a great match – um, AJ is going to move on to different things, which we're going to talk about later. I think he's going to be a part of this yeah. brand extension. Um, and Roman uh, is still the champion. And now Roman, uh, after the next night on Raw, Seth Rollins came back and basically said, I want the title back that I never lost. He didn't. He never lost it. Um, and he gets to go into Money in the Bank to face Roman right. Reigns for the WWE Man, World Heavyweight Championship. Talk about that ovation Seth Rollins got oh. from Baltimore. I mean, hey, everybody... Was glad to see him. And it's kind of funny because it's like he kind of goes out there and he enjoys the warm welcome. But then, of course, it's like he has to go back into his heel role. <laughs> and he did that so well. Yeah. He turned the crowd on him, yeah. making it the crowd's fault that they're cheering for him, making it the crowd's fault that they're not booing for him. So he he is so good on yeah. the mic. I love Seth Rollins. And he's going to be the champion again sometime. Um, but, yeah, he sure did. That was a great pop. I loved it. So Rollins I, is back. I think that um, – Things are about to get good, man. Uh, I, I I like the fact Rollins back. We got everybody coming back. We got everybody coming Cena back. Cena comes back Monday uh, for Memorial Day. Today. Today, tonight, yeah, that's as right. As we record this. Um, Randy Orton, I believe, is supposed to come back pretty soon. During so. the summer. Yeah. Bray Wyatt, same thing, during yep. the summer. So we ha- now have a lot of players, and they can be put in a lot of different roles. And I think having the brand extensions is going to be good. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. Um, they're all going to have a place to play. And, and people are going to start investing in these people, investing in these characters. Because mainly, the only guys that are really protected up top are, you know, Roman Reigns, uh, Shane McMahon, I'd say Triple H and Stephanie. Those guys are protected up top. Everybody else is just kind of filling in the backfill. Yeah. Um, and back in the Attitude Era, which we both loved, every match meant something, every story meant something, every character meant something. I think we're getting back to that. You mentioned Shane McMahon. I did. Sidebar real quick. Sidebar. And Mike, I believe we're going over our 60 minutes. Anyway. It's okay. So, did you see the Shane McMahon interview with Mick Foley? Yes, I did. All right. What did you think about that? Um, Knowing how both of those guys are supposed to be just crazy in the head, uh, it was what it was. I think it was kind of bland. That's what I thought. I was like, it was one of those ones where I was like, man, I really wish Austin was here. Um, I don't, (laughs) I feel like just Austin's experience with hosting uh, in general would have just made for a better podcast. I think so. You know, Mick Foley sometimes, like, I don't know if you ever heard Mick Foley talk, um, like, in interviews and stuff, but Mick Foley likes to talk about his stuff himself a lot. He he does. (laughs) He likes to talk about, you know, his past experiences, which is great because Mick Foley's done a lot. So, sure. you know, he likes to he, – he cares a lot about what he's done in the past, and there's nothing wrong with it. But but when you're interviewing somebody, you got to make sure that you keep the spotlight on them. So I kind of felt like at some point, you know, uh, it kind of went away from that. But um, it, one, of the, one of the parts that, like, that made me – but it was like, was Shane McMahon faking when he was saying, like, uh, you know, he asked him about Triple H and – uh, Shane kind of was like, uh, you know, oh, he makes my sister happy. Was this was this a work? You know, was he like just trying to keep up with his Shane McMahon on per, you know on camera persona? It where... looked a little uncomfortable when Mick started drilling him about that, and yeah. Shane was just like, nope, uh, I'm not gonna get into that. He makes my sister happy, and that's fine. It looked like he was avoiding talking about something. Yeah, but was it a work? Was it not? I don't know. That I... was 
yeah. intriguing but a little uncomfortable. Exactly. It was a bit intriguing because I, me personally, I've never heard any news about Triple H and Shane having issues. And I mean, I would love to Ste- see that match, and, by the yeah, way. Him and Stephanie have had been married for so long. So, you know, I've never heard about any shoot issues with them. But um, that would be interesting. And I mean, I could see it, you know, being that Triple H kind of is one of he's he's mostly the one that everybody's saying is groomed to run the company. Right. Absolutely. Shane is Vince's real son. Yeah. You know, so it's like, you know, that that could honestly be the case. So. It could be. Uh, I, you know, I'd say watch the interview anyway, just because it I mean, you might not want, want to watch it more than once. Um, but it's there. Uh, WWE Network uh, got a lot of good stuff going yeah. on. Camp WWE, love that show. So fun. Um, you know, they got the new table for threes out. That's good. Um, and all the other content that you're going to be able to find on there. Um, good stuff. Good stuff. Good stuff. All right. So let's get back to this Let, stuff. Let's just uh, let's segue real quick into Money in the Bank um, and then take a little break so we can come back for the, uh, the last part of this podcast. So Money in the Bank, Sunday, June 19th. Uh, it's Father's Day. Um, and it's going to be live on the WWE Network, and it's going to be great. So, right now we talked about it. Roman defending against Seth for the WWE World Heavyweight Championship. We know that's happening. The Money in the Bank ladder match. So far, we've got six of the seven competitors having qualified on Raw and SmackDown through qualifying matches. We got Sami Zayn. Awesome. Got Dean Ambrose. I think that's where he belongs. Kevin Owens, fantastic. Cesaro, all these guys work really well together. Jericho, now he, I got to tell you, he is putting himself. I thought we weren't going to see him too much longer after WrestleMania. Uh, maybe I thought he was going to be done. But this, this is an extended stay for Jericho. It is, and he's working his butt off. He's getting involved in all these like big tight matches. You think you think this might be his last run? You think like he's like just like you know what? Getting it I'm all just in. Gonna, yeah, get it all in now because you know this is probably going to be my last full-time run with WWE. It could be. I don't think that he may necessarily retire, but, no. like, he won't do anything like this ever again. Like he, Not this kind of run. Right. He might just come back for a match or two, work some house shows, you know, and until he's just like, I'm done completely. But I agree. I think that the, he, I think this is it for him. He's gearing up for it. He's like, ah, this is it. It very Let well could be. And I'm enjoying it. I like, I like hearing Jericho talk. I like watching Jericho work. Um, he's up there in age, but uh, you know what? He can still go. And he yeah. can still put on a great he match. He can still talk. So, he yeah. can still talk. Um, the six of the seven, Alberto Del Rio. Now, just like we talked about Rusev earlier, going back to his roots, going back to his meanness. If Alberto Del Rio goes into his himself, you know, being more of the guy, the, the rich aristocrat who's better than everybody but also can work his ass off in the ring, pardon my language. Um, if he goes back to that, I'm, I love watching Del Rio work. So, tell, tell me this, I Mike. think he can work. Now, I was not, I was out of the wrestling scene mm-hmm. when Del Rio first hit um, the scene. Okay, <laughs> got it. So, how was he received back then when Del Rio was doing a rich aristocrat thing with, yeah. uh, what was his valet's name? Oh, uh, he had um, Roberto. Roberto Rodriguez. Right. So, when they were, when they were like at the top, you know, back then when they were working on top, like how, how was, how was the reception for him? Like Just like the villains, initially, people didn't know what to think. Like, you know, do we cheer this guy? Do we boo this guy? But he made it so believable, and it was a lot of his own personality coming out of that, that um, it got over as heel very, very quickly. And then, of course, he got injured or something like that and came back as a face and then turned heel really quickly. Um, so he has played the face. He does a couple of face things that people can relate to, but he is a believable heel. He is a real bad guy in the ring and he's um works real well right yeah because his, his work is phenomenal but like yeah i he definitely needs to just stay heel yeah. that's for sure but yeah, you know it, he's a dating page now yeah that's what i saw yeah. Oh, yeah that is weird because it's like you go <laughs> when you watch total divas and you see the <laughs> kind of guys that page dates uh-huh and then you see that alberto del rio's dating page just like what the, what the hell just happened <laughs> and there's about 20 years difference there but uh yeah, hey, you know he's what? Like, yeah, how old is he's he? In his 40s. Oh, he's in his forties. Yeah, wow. And Paige is in her early twenties. Yeah, she's like twenty four or something. Yeah, wow. Yeah. So that's... good luck to them. But uh, you know, if you watch Total Divas, like uh, Big Ugly said, Paige doesn't really know how to hold down a relationship so. at all. So at all. at all. And it's like being a wrestler, and, and I'm sure they're exposed to a little bit of what happens on Total Divas. I'm I sure would they be are. Like, God, no, thank you. But. <laughs> Um, I tell you what, I'd say, you know, Alberto Del Rio being in this match, I like it. Plus, they got one more spot left to fill. We'll probably get that answer um, coming up. It might even be John Cena. Who knows? I could definitely see that. Very disappointed AJ Styles was not in this. Uh, um, 
Losing to Kevin Owens, I really didn't understand that. We'll and, get to that. Yeah. I think he's still going to be in the main event picture somewhere, okay. but I don't think he All has right. to we'll, fight to get I there think, yet. I think I know when you're talking about we're yeah. going to get to that. But, yeah, we will get to that. Um, so, let's see. we got Roman Reigns versus Seth Rollins for the title. Um, yeah, and uh, that speaks authority. for itself. Yeah. It's going to be good. Oh, by the way, real quick, I think they can put John Cena in the Money in the Bank ladder match because he can be protected in that match. you got seven guys. You can have all the other guys, six guys do all the work, and Cena can kind of powder out every now and again. So it puts him in a high-profile match. No way he should win, but I think that protects yeah. him. Cena winning Money in the Bank is the most boring thing ever because <laughs> you know he's just going to challenge somebody. I want to cash this in on this fresh person. Don't get me wrong. It, it, the whole it, it's been played out with the whole like wait until somebody is like beaten into it, but it just makes the most sense. <laughs> I want I want Kevin Owens to win. Honestly, I think he deserves that'll be, it. He's that'll been, be a good one. He's been working his ass off. I know I say that a lot on this podcast, but it's true. Um, he's working all shows. He's working house shows, uh, pay per views. I mean, he's really never gotten over. I mean, his he's been the Intercontinental Champion, yes, but when he's fighting up from underneath and the stories that he could tell by trying to cash that in, faking cashing that in, I think Kevin Owens would be fantastic winning that. Um, let's uh, let's go to this idea. I, I wrote this down because this has been rumored: women's money in the bank ladder match. Now that we have a specific women's division, we have a specific women's champion. There's pros and cons to this because I, I, I do. We were talking about this earlier. We just want to see the one-on-one matches with the women who can go. That's fantastic, and we're going to get plenty of opportunities to see that. But because we've never seen a women's Money in the Bank ladder match before, I think it would be really interesting. I think we should see it. I would be very interested in watching this match. As far as how good it would be, I have no idea because women don't really do ladder matches that much, so it might be. We just don't see them do it. I mean, you know what? What potential do they have though? Exactly. You know, I, I try, find out. Hey, listen, I'm on the side of this. I want to see this match. But I'm just saying, because because it's something that, like, a lot of them may not have been exposed to, they may kind of, like, you know, be fumbling around the ring a bit, not really know, you know, how to utilize this this, this ladder. But I want to see it. Yeah. That's the point. I just want to see it. I don't care how it ends up. I just want to see it. I want to see um, it, too. And I think it legitimizes the women's division because it's like, hey, any, any match that you can put the men in, we can do two. That's our exactly belt. You know right. what I mean. So I think that it brings that equality to it. I, I love I like it. it. Absolutely. That's why I want to see women in the hell in the cell. I want to see women yeah. in the elimination chamber. Yes. I want to see women. You know, maybe not against the guys, but you know, and they don't have enough women to do this. But a women in a battle royal, Royal Rumble situation, something like that. Right. Absolutely. Um, they had a big battle royal on NXT to, to find out the uh, next number one contender for the. Uh, the women's uh, NXT women's title, and that was great. So yeah. I love this right. idea. Yeah. I hope they do it. They got a bunch of women that could be in there. Alicia Fox, Becky Lynch, Dana Brooke, Paige, um, Lana, Eva Marie, Sasha. You know, Sasha. Who's been out with a concussion, but it's coming back, I think. And that's good soon. for her, I think, yeah. because they, they're putting Natalia up in there. They're going to push Becky eventually. They're going to push Sasha to the moon eventually. Yeah, um, yeah keeping her off t- – Having her get injured, no one should. I I don't wish that no one gets injured, but because she's gotten injured, it kind of came at a good time because they really didn't have anything for her. Like right now, they weren't pushing her; they're really pushing Charlotte. Right. So having her off TV, you know, because they don't have anything for it, has kept them from being able to put her in like dull storylines or you know storylines that could like really damage her. Right. So I think that this has been okay. Absolutely agreed. So there's a whole lot of women that can be involved in that. I hope we see it. And even Bailey coming up. Uh, I think she's going to be part of that new brand extension. We'll get to that. Look, I think we take one more pause for the cause right here. Uh, take a swig of water for the one. I think we got to get some uh, water. Yeah, we, we need water. And uh, <laughs> had a lot going on. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about some releases, talk about TakeOver, the brand extension. And uh, we'll be right back, Big Ugly. Angels calling my name. It might be the devil, but they Right, and we are back. Dirty, um, ugly wrestling. Dirty, ugly wrestling. So we thank you guys for listening. Once again, uh, check us out on SoundCloud. Um, download the SoundCloud app. Make sure you follow us on there. Um, and you can just listen to us anywhere, man. Yeah, um, check us out on Facebook. Make sure to send us messages, leave comments. A lot of people have been yeah. doing that. We appreciate yeah, it. Definitely send us uh, your emails, any comments, questions, or topics that you would like discussed on any any anything wrestling, man. Um uh, dirty ugly wrestling at, at gmail. gmail 
dot com. Yeah, I but, was like, is it podcast at the end? <laughs> <laughs> nope, dirtyuglywrestling at yeah. gmail dot com. Right. And if I don't know who what's incoming, and if I see it's a call, it's incoming, and it's uh something that's I can't see the name or the number, I ain't answering it. Not I'm just saying. Uh, so identify yourself. Yes. Uh, but anyway. Yeah. So we haven't talked about MMA recently. I, I don't feel like there's been much going on except for Conor McGregor potentially fighting Floyd Mayweather, which. I, no one really knows if that's going to happen. You know, that's uh, a multi-billion dollar match uh, if oh it happens. Oh, my God. I mean, more money involved in that than anything else. Yeah. And the pay-per-view buy yeah. will probably be like $200. Yeah. So, apparently, Freddie Roach, famous boxing coach, uh, was contacted by Floyd to train Connor. So, I feel, so Floyd Mayweather is actually pretty serious about this. He wants to, to do it. Let me tell you something. It would be detrimental for Connor to get into the ring with Floyd. Maybe. On a boxing level. Because it, for them to go either way, listen, Floyd is gonna he's gonna get beat if he goes into a UFC ring. Right. Connor's gonna get beat if he goes into a boxing ring. Right. You, the, it's just two different fighting styles. It's like yes, people like Connor are trained in 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 boxing a little, but they're not a master of it. You know what I'm saying? Like Floyd, that's all he does is that's train right. in boxing. You know, Connor has to train groundwork. He has to train wrestling. He has to train kickboxing. Right. It, it's too much, and it's like you, you you're gonna try and train with them a little bit for a couple months to. Focus on that boxing aspect, but we're talking about somebody that's been fighting for years, forty nine and zero in the <laughs> ring. His whole life, he's been boxing. I'm sorry, Connor, you're not gonna you're not gonna get in there. You use you use legs all the time. You use takedowns, and you can't do that. Like it's. Um, but we also know that Floyd can step into the entertainment aspect because of the, you know how much of the entertainment and showmanship he is. You know, at WrestleMania 24, he stepped in the ring with a big show. Um, you know, he basically risked his entire career to do something that his body is not used to doing. And he took a lot of serious bumps in that match. Um, he went over in that match, obviously. Um, but I, I saw it. I mean, this guy can put himself outside of his own element and be successful. It, it is true. It is true. Um, but I, I still... I don't think Con- I don't think Connor can do it. I don't think Connor can do it. I, I still don't think Floyd can do it, man. I don't think Floyd could get in there. I don't think he's going to have the takedown defense. I don't... No, let, let's let's see. Let's talk about this though. If that does happen, if it ever does happen, the build up is going to be phenomenal. The, yeah. the, the the talking, the smack talking is going to be off the page, and it is going to be the the biggest pay per view buy ever because um, everybody's going to want to see. It. It's going to be the most expensive. I, I'm going to watch it. It would have been even bigger if Connor hadn't lost. Like if Connor was still like that, like undefeated, uh, nobody can touch him. Guy like this would be crazy. Yeah. But. Yeah, I mean, it's still going to be Why crazy. don't we just throw Ronda Rousey in there and have a three-way? Right. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean a three-way fight. That's yeah, what I mean yeah, about that. Yeah. I was starting to think, uh, uh, I don't no, know. We ain't that got started. that kind of podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> hey, fun. you know, we'll talk about MMA. You know, if there's something to talk yeah. about, if there's a, as a fight coming up, you know, let us know. You know, MMA, uh, whatever it is, kickboxing, UFC, whatever. Um, but let's get back. Let's get back. I'm to, sorry. I, you know no, I go off on tangents. I, wait, that's fine. That's yeah. no problem. That's what we do here. Dirty Ugly Wrestling. Um, let's Re- talk about releases. the releases. All right, so release. Adam Rose. I thought he actually got fired, but come to find out, he actually requested his release. Of course, it was granted. Yes. He was never going to step foot back in the WWE ring anyway. Nope. Um, I think he's a little bit older. His career is probably older. Uh, over, he should look into doing other things. And he's, He could hit the indie scene. Uh, he sure could, and he would get over. Um, I think he would. Uh, same thing with Cody Rhodes. Uh, now, that one's a little surprising. Very, because su- very surprising. Especially with his dad and his brother. Now, what I didn't know, I'm going to just say this real quick because I know we're going to keep this short. So, this is my thoughts on it. Cody Rhodes did not know that he wanted to go back to being Cody Rhodes. He was tired of doing Stardust right. a while ago, right. but Vince insisted on him keeping the character right. for now. He got tired of it. He's like, you know what? Y'all aren't doing anything. You're not listening to my ideas. I'm out of here. I think that Cody left a little too soon because I think that with this brand split, it could have been good for him. Amen. The brand split would have been great for his character. They would have probably changed him back to Cody Rhodes soon, and he might have been able to shine. Last thing I'm going to say, I do not think this is the end. We will see Cody Rhodes in WWE. His family has too much history in the business. He's coming back at some point. I think he will. Um, Down the road, I know he's been uh, in negotiations with Ring of Honor. Um, so even if he does go to Ring of Honor, that could be a stint that maybe lasts a year or two. But with this brand extension and with the way this company and, and the family ties that he has, yes, I believe uh, he will be back down the road. Uh, I love the dashing Cody Rhodes character, by the way. That was my favorite. It was one. great. Um, Eaton Styles. Uh, That's a no brainer. No brainer. Cody's wife. Yep. 
she she has other things she's looking to do. She's gonna be successful. Um, so she yeah, she's to, looking into acting and all kinds of stuff. Yeah, and she has like a blog or something, right? Like some something eating style, Brandy Runnels something. That yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's what it is. Um, and hey, you know she did a great job ring announcing. I gotta say she was really coming into her own. But uh, they do have a lot of uh, good ring announcers, a lot of up and comers, and, and I, I, you know, may go interview for a job down there. Who knows? Um, <laughs> I would love to do it. But hey, I'll tell you what. Um, WWE got a whole lot of talent. Um, got a whole lot of stuff going on on both. Raw, SmackDown, and NXT. So um, we're going to go into uh, talking about that. Uh, the brand extension. Let's, let's hit, hit this real quick because I know we're going to be hitting this in future podcasts. So they have announced that uh, Raw and SmackDown will have two completely new rosters, two completely different shows, and SmackDown will be going live on the USA Network starting Tuesday, July 19th. I, I'm loving this live aspect. Live TV is always better than pre-tape. Absolutely. Uh, we don't have to hear them uh, edit in chairs for Roman Reigns when he comes out on SmackDown. That, and we don't have to, you know, if, if you're somebody who doesn't like spoilers, you don't have to, like, watch what you're doing on the internet for two days waiting for Thursday to come out. Right, exactly. Um, I think that this is great. I think that the way they should do it with the championship belts are, I know they're, I think, splitting the belts. I felt like the champion... There should still only be one belt, but Absolutely. they have to defend it between the two shows. Maybe at like a pay per view or something. Yes. Or like you know what I'm saying. Like I think there should only be one main world yeah. heavyweight champion. I hope they don't create another championship because we're going to run into the same problem we had before when they had two belts. Yeah, um, I agree, hundred percent. And it gives the champion. You know, he doesn't have to work every single show as far as matches. I think they should leave those big high-profile matches like we saw with Roman and AJ. Leave those for the pay-per-views, for the network specials. and But just have them come over and do little things on Raw, little things on SmackDown, and vary it up. I hope they only stick with one champion, but it looks like they're still going to have the Intercontinental belt, the U.S. belt. Those will probably split shows. The tag team belts, I hope they only keep one set of tag team championships, and I hope they... Um, do the same thing right. on both shows. Uh, we're going to be talking about this a lot yeah, in the upcoming we weeks. And, I mean, this is part of what I think we was going to mention, AJ Styles, and that, you know, um, he didn't get the money in a bank. And, nope. you know, I think that even though he didn't get the money in a bank, this is where AJ Styles is about to shine. Because he's going to be – I think they're going to put him on SmackDown. Amen. They're going to put him on SmackDown, and he's going to be that lead guy on SmackDown. He's going to be that top guy. And, finally, he can get some wins because he has been on the losing end. Of a lot of spears. He has. <laughs> and I think that SmackDown brand is going to be the more NXT-paced brand, the faster-paced brand, the smaller guy brand. You know what I'm saying? And Raw is going to be the more big... Um, entertainment Big entertainment, show. hawkish cartoon right. characters, big guys. Um, and yeah. It's going to be two different feels, and I'm really excited about that. But as we come along with more podcasts, we're going to talk to you about more of that. All right. So, yeah. anything else on that real quick, Big Ugly? Um, I know we could go on. We could go on, but I'm gonna save it. I got more, but I'm gonna save it let's for save the next it. podcast. Because we're gonna we're gonna have that's gonna be a whole podcast almost in itself. Yeah. But let's uh, hit real quick. Um, NXT Takeover is coming up on Wednesday, June the eighth, live on the WWE Network. Um, we already talked about Samoa Joe defending the NXT Championship against Finn Balor in a steel cage. Uh, very exciting. Looking forward to that. They've signed two more matches. Um, they have Asuka defending the Women's Championship. Uh, against Nia Jax. Now, they said Bailey was injured, so uh, Bailey's not in this picture right now. Right. And Nia Jax won a pretty convincing triple threat match, um, pretty good, to become the number one contender. And I thought that was really good. Uh, Nia Jax uh, got a lot of talent. Uh, she fought Bailey, and I thought that was a really good match. And I think Nia Jax and Asuka could be a good It could good be thing. a good match. Do you think they would send Asuka up before Bailey? Hmm. That's a good question. Same thing with Shinsuke Nakamura, um, but we'll get to him. You know what? Bailey deserves it more, but Bailey down there, she's like a mainstay. She's like a main eventer down there. She's Not that she wouldn't yeah. be up here. I think that she would translate over very well to either the Raw or SmackDown brand. Right, but she might get lost in a shuffle. A I bit. hope not. That's that's always the the worry. It's the yeah. worry because when they translate over from one medium to another, you don't want them to get lost, like the Bo Dallas's and things like that, yes. or the Ascension. Yeah. You don't want them to get lost. Right. Um, but I think they'll both. I think Bailey will come up first. Um, okay. Let's talk about Shinsuke Nakamura. Um, he's gonna go one on one with Austin Aries. Now this is like a dream match, dude. I didn't know Shinsuke could speak English. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, yeah, he can. Uh, you know, not it, yeah. overly fluently, but definitely enough yeah. to get him by. 
And it was funny when he was pulling off that English promo against yeah, uh, against Austin Aries. Because he starts speaking Japanese, and I'm like, uh, is Funaki going to come out here or something? <laughs> and then he's like, oh, you don't understand English. I'm like, oh, what? He speaks English. Yeah, he was, oh, you, you don't understand Japanese. Yeah, right? you don't yeah. understand Japanese. But he put himself like in that in that funny light. Like, oh, you don't understand. I was yeah. like, oh, this is great. So that match is going to be one-on-one fantastic. Both guys um, deserve to be on the main roster sooner than later. I think they will be. But you got to keep NXT fresh. you got to keep NXT strong. And you got to keep NXT separate because uh, I don't want NXT to lose any of its um, steam either. So that's it. I mean, that's Big it. Ugly, we got a lot to talk about, obviously, on this Memorial Holiday weekend. We're going to come back to you in a couple of weeks with another podcast. Yep. We're going to talk about TakeOver. We're going to talk about Money in the Bank coming up. Uh, we can talk more about UFC. We'll talk about this brand extension. Um, what else you got for us, Big Ugly? Oh, uh, man, that is uh, that is it. I think this brand extension, as this plays out, is going to be uh, going to be pretty huge. Um, so we'll just wait until next time, man. And, man, I tell you, and don't forget to check out um, EWA Pro Wrestling and EWA Ringside, EWAMaryland.com. We got the free practice session coming up on Friday, June 17th at uh, the Pain Factory Training Facility in Dundalk, Maryland. And also Friday, July 29th, Summer Sizzler at Tall Cedars Hall in Parkville, Maryland. Tickets are on sale right now at EWAMaryland.com. We apologize for the interruption again that we had during this podcast. But um, we thank you very much for listening. Dirty Ugly Wrestling. My name is Dirty Mike. And I'm the Big Ugly. And we will see you next time. Deuces. Deuces!